Welcome to the Female Leads. I'm Ava Hartling, founder and host of this podcast. Every week on this show, I speak to inspiring, powerful women about their journey to unlocking their own potential. If you like what you hear, and I really hope you do, subscribe to our show wherever you like to listen to podcasts, give it a good rating and some feedback. It really does make a difference. I love to hear from listeners, and many of you have been reaching out to me. Please keep doing it, sending me DMs on Instagram at The Female Leads or visiting thefemaleleads.com and using the contact form. My guest this week is Canadian TV personality Cheryl Hickey, host of ET Canada. Cheryl has had an amazing track record on Canadian TV. She's been at the helm of ET since 2005. She greets over half a million viewers on TV every night. Cheryl has been nominated for Canadian Screen Award. She's been named one of Hello's Most Beautiful People. And it was just announced that she has been appointed brand ambassador for John Frieda Hair Products. And what you may not know is that Cheryl is also an entrepreneur. But really, she's just an all-around amazing and fierce woman. My mom always said that I never accepted the answer no as a kid and <laughs> it know? seems to still be true today. it's true it yeah. is I, I always feel like no is like well no okay no no but let's try this that's an way. invitation to try something else right that there's got to be a way mm. there's always a way i started the interview by asking cheryl about her role models growing up and did she know she would end up on tv one day you know growing up i always loved watching my mom and i would sit up and we would watch like 2020 and barbara walters anything barbara walters and anything oprah we would watch all of those and i was always fascinated by those powerful strong women and then i think it was my last year of high school where my dad said you know you really you like to talk and you know you can be paid for that and i was really taken aback by that and he said you know why don't we go up to the cable station and just take a look at some of the jobs up there and maybe you could volunteer for the summer because you can't go to the beach every day all day for the entire summer oh, so why not yeah <laughs> dunes party at night and like you know beach in the day um so i went up and i was immediately fascinated by all the different jobs and i thought that's a lifetime of work within mm. that one station mm. there's so many jobs and they were so fascinating and they all relied on each other and I found that fascinating too mm. so I applied to go to Fanshawe College uh, at 17 and I got accepted and off I went and it was terrifying and exciting all in the same breath mm. yeah. Wow. Mm. and what was your first job in was it were you you know a news anchor right away or because I, I heard you did some work in, in the background even mm -hmm. operating cameras and things like that yeah so I started as a summer events reporter that was my very first job so my job was driving around back to the beach again of course driving <laughs> around the beaches in like Sable Beach and Wasaga Beach and doing live hits from the beach and running contests and giving people prizes mm. so I mean you were well received everywhere you went so that was like the That's best true. job of the summer yeah and then after that there was an opening for a general reporter for a city council for a radio oh, station wow. mm. so I went and applied for that and 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 sort of tried to learn everything I could about small town council um, huge learning curve um, and then from there uh, I worked as an afternoon drive uh, radio anchor and did that mm -hmm. for news mm -hmm. And then um, I applied for a job uh, as a writer at the new VR and Barry. Oh, wow. Um, so I was hired for that. And that was a terrifying, polarizing job because writing for someone else is, I don't know, the enormity of that, that every word that came out of the anchor's mouth was mine, was really stressful. I and, I, and I was 
And I was young. I was so young. Mm-hmm. And I was I was panicky. 17, how old would I have been? 17, 18, 19 years old. So it was, it was a lot. And then um, a PA position, a production assistant job came open and I applied for that. And, and my whole idea was I'm just going to keep moving until I find what really feels like home and right. or just keep learning. So I did the production assistant job for a while and that included running the teleprompter for mm. the news anchor. And again, right. every word that came out of his mouth was I was controlling. Something you wrote. Yeah. And it was so, the pressure of it was so intense. And I had a news director at the time who liked to yell at the director and producer and scream. Ooh. And I just remember every day sweating and stressing and it was it just felt awful mm. with him being so truthfully awful to people and yelling and screaming and oh so then another job came open no it didn't come open I saw that there were jobs coming open for cameramen so I started going out with the cameramen at night and women there was one woman at the time um, and learning the craft of how to shoot. So wow. I would take one of the cameras. I would finish my shift, which ended at 5.30. And then I would take one of the rental cameras, or not rental, but the, the older cameras, and go out with the cameramen and just mimic them, shoot everything they shot. And then I would put the camera on a tripod and put myself in front of the camera and mm. shoot my own stand-up. So then at 11 o'clock when we went back, because they would start editing for the 11 o'clock news, right. I'd start editing my story. But I was much slower because I was learning to edit and yeah. learning to shoot. Yeah. Um, and I would be there till about 3 in the morning compiling a tape and learning how to tell a story, do it all. And then I would go back, go home to sleep for a couple hours and then come back to do my regular shift. So I did that for, um, oh my gosh, how did that, I don't know, a few years anyway. That's amazing. And eventually got a job as a cameraman there, which Wow, was unbelievable. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, was a cameraman there for a little while and... Learned a ton. Learned learned so much about crime stories and how to tell them and uh, small town story. I mean, just yeah. everything. It, yeah. was, it was a fantastic um, job. And then, uh, it's a very long story, kind of. No, so it's then, a very, very um, interesting one. My, one of the cameramen that I worked with knew the news director up here in at Toronto, in, at Global. Mm-hmm. And uh, said to him, there's this, this... Well, you know what? I should back up that story. Then there was... Uh, a creative director at the new Vieron Berry who said we have five minutes to fill in the middle of the day uh, in the middle of a soap opera and we don't know what we're going to do with it um, do you think you could ad-lib something every day for five minutes and wow one of my sort of things have always been never say no to opportunity yeah if someone else thinks you can you probably can yeah take so advantage. I said yeah for sure no problem okay great and he said okay great it starts next week so we got to figure this out so I um, I, I was friends with the maintenance man at the building, and I asked him if he had a place I could make a set. And he said, yeah, there's an old makeup room in the garage. You can have that area. And I said, okay, great. Do you have any paint? And he said, yeah, we have purple paint. And I said, perfect. <laughs> so I stayed up till 3 in the morning, painted the a set, purple set, painted the set, found a ceramic cat, made it my, like, co-host. We started the next week. Someone came up with Lather Up with Cheryl Hickey because it was in the middle of a soap opera. My dad was so mad. It was so demeaning, the, the, the title. And I was like, you know, let's just let it go. Yeah, let's just yeah, keep let's moving. Yeah, let's just take it, yeah. And I basically started this thing where people could email me questions about their soap opera. I would then email the production companies in L.A. and get the answers and then read back the answers. Such a good it. idea. Um, so I did that. And it grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, and we had a really, really good following. Um, so at the same time, one of the cameramen again uh, at the new VR was friends with someone in, in Toronto. 
uh, the, the news director at the Global and said, there's this woman you need to see. Like, you need to, you need to meet her. Then I got a random phone call from Paul Rogers, uh, who was the news director at Global, right, and right. said, uh, I'd really like to drive up to Barrie and meet you. And I thought, this is the strangest thing ever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for me? For what? For why? And, but again, never say no to opportunity. Yeah. I said, yes, yeah, sure, come on up. So I went straight to Le Chateau and got my pinstriped burgundy suit. I'll still, I still I remember it. it. <laughs> and I was so proud and I was so happy. Um, and I remember sitting at the Starbucks or the second cup or whatever it was and he and I sitting and talking and him saying what you know what's your five-year plan mm. what, what are your goals what do you want it's the first time anyone ever asked me right what do you want to be who do you want to be uh, where do you see yourself going and I don't even really remember how it all went but I remember the feeling of he was really listening and mm. he was really he calculating mm. and and thinking and mm. he left and I thought oh, I'll never hear from him again mm. and then he phoned me and said we're creating a new position called a videographer here at Global. Um, you have to be able to shoot, write, and direct your own stuff. Um, but we also need to train someone in the helicopter on how to be a cameraman in the helicopter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, sure. Yeah. And he said, we, uh, we really, you know, do you think you could do it? Mm. And again, come back to that. If you're afraid, lean into it. Yeah. And if someone Feel else thinks fear, you can do it. Do it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So I said, oh, yeah, no problem. I can totally da 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 So with that, I, um, I said, but I can't take the job yet because I, ha- I need to talk to my boss. So I went back to my boss, my then boss, and I said, um, I got this opportunity in Toronto, but I really want to stay here. And the reason I wanted to stay in, tr- in Barrie was because it was my comfort zone. Right. I felt safe there. Yeah. Smaller town. It's what you knew. It's what I knew. Mm. And he said, you know what we'll do? We'll put you on the 11 o'clock news on Sat- Sunday nights. We'll give you one show where you can do one story. And I thought, well, that's not very much. They mm. have this huge opportunity to grow and be on air and learn from these people yeah. or take this one thing you're offering. Yeah. And I almost took it out of fear Yeah. because I was so afraid. Right. Now, remember, for two years leading up to that, I'd been showing this man my audition tapes. Of and course. he saw nothing in me right and I I said to him well I'm gonna have to think about it so I left and I remember talking to the news anchor then Lance Chilton and he said if you don't take this this will be the biggest mistake of your life you've Mm. got to get over the fear and you've got to move you got to do it absolutely yeah take the risk take the risk and I went back and I told my boss that I was going to take the job I took the job and he said okay I'm gonna give you two weeks uh, you have to give me two weeks notice. I said, no problem. So I gave him the two weeks. And it lasted a week. And he called me into his office and he screamed at me for probably 45 minutes and told me he was who he, he, he made me who I was and how dare I. And I was a distraction at work because everyone was very happy for me. And I was berated for 45 minutes with my wow. head down. So he was not supportive no. of this new no. big break and no. new opportunities that no. lay ahead. And it was very interesting because he was trying to break me. Yeah. And I remember with my head down and his secretary was sitting there and she was listening to everything. Mm. And she mouthed to me, I'm sorry. She mm. couldn't do anything. Right. But he wanted to break me down, break yeah. me down, break me yeah. down, break me down before I left. Um, and then he paraded me out of the building, wouldn't even let me get my purse and paraded me in front of every, everyone. Wow. And I left. And I started my adventure here in Toronto. 
and it was terrifying because I had never driven in the city ever, wow. ever, ever. Yeah. So um, it's leaving the comfort of the town you've even always though it was not a in. good situation for me with mm. a person who didn't believe in me, yeah. who wasn't looking to foster my growth, yeah. didn't appreciate the extra extra I was putting in. Um, I still thought I'd stay because right. of comfort. Right. It was what you know. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until he was yelling at me with my head down that I went, okay, you've, things have to change. Like, you're, yeah. you're going. It's going. It's happening. So it's almost like that had to happen for you to realize it was the right decision to move away and do something new. That coupled with the, the penny he gave me, which was, we'll put you on the news. Mm. You know, there just wasn't. He did. The bottom line is, if someone doesn't believe in you, mm. find the person who will. Yes. You know? Yeah, and, so true. You know, it, it, and, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be another person. It can just be you. Yeah. If you know you're worth more. If exactly. you know you have more value. Mm. And um, it was a real learning experience for me being there. So, packed up my stuff mm -hmm. and uh, left for Toronto. Well, I didn't move. I did the commute for quite a okay. while, okay. which was really interesting because I worked a three thirty to eleven thirty shift. Um, but yeah, I moved to Toronto or came to Toronto. They gave me a car, all my gear, everything, and said, "Your first story is at the airport." I didn't know how to get to the airport. Like, send me to the most terrifying place, right? And, and that was before Google Maps and, before and the, iPhones. Oh, my and... gosh. They handed me a big book. It was a map, and I had a phone, and that was it. And I remember bawling my entire way to the airport thinking, I don't know how to drive this. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm way in over my head. What have I done? Mm -hmm. I get there. I shoot my story. We edit the story, and then they're like, well, and you've got to go live. You've been live before, right? No, never been live. Like, no, didn't even know to wear a stick and IFB. And there's a man named Chris Bott who's still at Global to this day. He's yeah. just down the road, just down the hall. Uh, he took me under his wing that day and was very kind and very uh, helped me a lot. And um, I remember the very first newscast I had, I called the news anchor by the wrong name. I was Oops. terrified. So I finished that day and I thanked everyone for helping me. And then I thought, oh my goodness, I have to do this again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And, and then did. The, and we did. And then the next week we started training for the helicopter. They built a brand new thing called um, On the Bottom of the Helicopter. Taught me how to shoot inside uh, to switch from mm. camera to camera. Also to do my own reporting from there. Incredible. Um, yeah, it was it was really something. So it was... A really big learning curve. I mm. think to this day, I'm still the only woman who shot, switched, and reported from a helicopter. In That's Canada. incredible. In Canada. Wow. Congratulations. So thank you. So it was a big, big learning curve. I learned a ton. And um, yeah, and, and then I think from Global News, I had tremendous opportunity to mm -hmm. do court stories, um, murder cases, family stories. And then I started to gravitate towards lifestyle stories. Right. And it's funny, I, I thought, if I start doing these lifestyle stories, I'm not going to be taken seriously. Mm. And there was someone who said to me, you got to be careful about doing those things because, you know, it's going to ruin your reputation if you do do those things. Mm. But I found that they were making me happier. Mm. I found I'd go home at night and I didn't feel as heavy in my chest about right. seeing some of the things that I saw. But yeah, because reporting on hard news, I mean, you're covering, you know, murders and crimes. Oh, it's awful. Anything in between. And I'm, I feel people's sadness. I, I've always mm. have. I feel people's emotions. If I walk into a room, I can feel if someone's not good. Right. It's, my son's the same. It's really interesting. So, I would go home and I would feel sick to my stomach and I just didn't feel good mm. and I didn't feel in my soul I wasn't happy. 
Um, I think also, too, I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't old enough to handle some of the things I was seeing, right. truthfully. Coming right. from where I came from, from mm. Owen Sound, where the toughest thing you really saw was a cow being tipped over. Like, really? <laughs> you know? So seeing a dead body after someone jumps out a window or going to a mother's... I'll never oh, yeah. forget having to go to a mother's house and get a picture of their son who was just murdered and walking up their driveway and seeing in their bay window the mother screaming and crying and holding each other and I had to knock and say, can I get a picture? Oh my God. And I'll bring the picture back. Yeah. And I just remember thinking... I, I what my my instinct is I want to go in and hug you and yeah, yeah, yeah. and talk to you and yeah. do this yeah. and I, it was yeah. just so I think there are people who are made for that and they're they're so special and reporters who, who who do it really really well but I just knew that at that time it just wasn't my soul so mm. um, and did you get any advice at that time because you I said didn't some tell people anyone. and some people told you you won't be taken seriously if yeah. you're doing a lifestyle stories. I didn't tell anyone because I was worried that it made me weak. Mm. I now know that that was my strength. Mm-hmm. That my strength is talking to people and mm. and just like you're doing and and trying to get people's stories out of them and making people shine and mm. now I know that's my my gift, my right. my my thing. Um not doing the other. I I again my hat goes off to those people who can do that and tell people the stories we all need to know yeah. that are so important. Yeah. Um, it's just that I, I just couldn't do it. So mm. I was gravitating towards these lifestyle stories. And again, Paul Rogers and Ron Waxman at the time noticed that I was a little quirky in the way that I saw things. So they would say things like, it's first day of school, go tell us a first day of school story. And I mm. loved those because you could create whatever you wanted, however you wanted it to be. It was a blank canvas. Right. You know? Um, and I loved those. So they started to give me those more opportunities because those were water cooler yeah. stories yeah. that people would talk about the next day. And then they said, we'd like you to do our entertainment updates. So I started doing those. And mm. I really loved those. And that's how it started. And that's how it started. And then I heard they were going to be doing an entertainment show here at Global. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, wow, I'm going to apply for this. So I did. I applied. And... They said, we don't want a blonde hair, blue-eyed girl that people know. We don't want that. We have to. We want something completely different. And I was like, oh, well, blonde hair, blue-eyed. <laughs> this is not going to work. So I sat at my desk doing my stories for the news every day, watching actors and models and sportscasters and other anchors walking by auditioning for the job. Being they would go in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, and I watched them. And I'm thinking, there's no way I'm getting this job. Like, people that I looked up to that I thought... Oh wow, that's your person. Like there, that's your guy. That's your girl. Like right. I, so right. I got it. I was like, no, no, no. I get why you're not picking yeah. me. I totally, I get it. And then I thought, you know, I in my soul, I knew I needed a change because I had excited myself so much with this idea of change mm-hmm. that I knew I couldn't go back. And it wasn't sour grapes. It was just I knew I needed something different. Yeah. So I thought I'm gonna book a vacation, do the logical thing, go to Australia for three weeks, and see a boy that I met. <laughs> <laughs> Right? As one does. As one does. That makes total sense. So I took off to Australia and went for three weeks and, you know, found myself and found him, I guess, and kind of came back a little stronger and was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be bold and try and figure out what my next move is. Right. And then that week, Barb Williams called and said, uh, we'd like to meet you downtown at one of the the buildings downtown Toronto. Uh, We want to talk to you. And I thought, okay, they're just, they're going to tell me that I didn't get the job. Um, and I remember talking to my mom as I was driving down the, da- driving down the DVP and she said, I, um, 
so whatever you do, don't cry. Because when I get frustrated mm. or I get angry, I don't know if there's women who can relate with that. When I have a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. I cry. And it doesn't mean I'm sad. It can just right. be a whatever build emotion up is of coming stuff. up comes out of tears. Just comes out like that mm. for me. Some people, it's rage and they get angry. Yeah. Minor tears. It could be happy tears. It could be sad tears. It could be anger. Right. But, you know, she knew this was something I really wanted. She said, don't cry. So I'm not going to cry. I promise it's going to be good. And it was a thunderstorm and it was raining so hard. And I got into the building, went up to like the 20th floor or whatever, and got into this huge boardroom and it's Barb Williams and Zev Shalev. And I sit down and I'm ready and I'm in my head. I'm thinking, thank you for the opportunity. This was great. I had my whole speech ready to go. And she said, we would like to offer you a job to be the host of our new entertainment show. And nothing would come out of my face. Like nothing. And I love to talk. <laughs> and she said... You um, took you by surprise completely. Oh my goodness. Couldn't have been more... You uh, mm. No. And then she said... Um, and then she said... Uh, and by the way, it's going to be called Entertainment Tonight Canada. And by the way, your co-host is going to be Roz Weston, who I... Um, I knew Roz from being at Global before. And right. I just... He's so incredible. He's mm-hmm. so smart. And your co-host is going to be Rick Campanelli and Rosietta and Ki- and I was just like couldn't handle all the news, and she said to me, "Can you can you talk?" I said, "I don't know. Like I can't I can't get anything out." She said, "Are you going to take the job?" I said, yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then it all began. Wow. So that's sort of the story from soup to nuts. Yeah. How yeah. And I got was, there. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the start of where Pretty you were Canada. today. Yeah. And in, in all that time, so you mentioned a few people who were influential. Yeah. Was there, um, and most of the people you mentioned were men. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the executives in charge of the network, mm-hmm. uh, I assume often are, are men. And in Barb. Um, did you have role models, you know, that were women? You mentioned earlier you looked up to women like Oprah or, you know, uh that, that was kind of the, the, the idols and the, yeah. the dream growing up. Was there a woman that was influential that supported you throughout these my changes mom. you were making? My mom. My mom is incredible. She, you know, she immigrated to Canada when she was five, year old, five years old uh, with her family off the boat um, with nothing more than a trunk. Wow. Where and, did she come from? Uh, England. Okay. And they lived in uh, farmer's lofts and worked the farms, farm to farm to farm to farm. saving money Mm -hmm. and living in bales of hay yeah so she knows how to work hard she knows the value of a dollar she knows that no one's going to give you anything Mm. so she's instilled that in in myself my brother and my sister from a very young age Mm. I might add too but she's been there right along the way you know and um so on top of my mom being the number one probably I would say um there's been men and women Mm. you know Mm -hmm. I I sometimes don't necessarily see gender and inspiration. Mm -hmm. I sometimes just look at the person as a person. Yeah. yeah. And if I admire a quality in you, whether you're a man or a woman, I can identify with that. Right. Absolutely. And so for me, um, Paul Rogers, for sure, Mm. uh, he changed my life Mm. with that phone call. Um, Greg, the cameraman who saw something in me that I didn't even know that I saw when he Mm. told Paul, him. Um, Barb Williams. Mm. Barb Williams is is, yeah. She's changed. She changed my life. But Paul Rogers and Barb Williams unequivocally changed my mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say a woman named Krista Look is a woman now that I have become really good friends with, and she works at our network too. She's just a powerhouse, but she's an incredibly smart and strong, inspiring woman. Um, so there are there are some women that I really admire, and, mm-hmm. I, and and even like you look at some of the women right now that are in the game. Mm. You've got um, 
Tracy Moore. You've got Melissa Garello. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That whole team on the social. Yeah. Like, all of those women, of women are incredible. Yeah. Um, you've got... Um, Oh my gosh, Jessica Mulroney. Mm-hmm. Jessica Mulroney invited me to this a gathering at her house one time. And I didn't know what it was going to be. I thought we were just going to hang out and whatever. And she curated it so that there were women from all different walks of life, but she thought that would find each other interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it turns out a woman that I met that night ended up changing the, traje- the trajectory of my personal business. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so... There are women who do things like that mm-hmm. that I also admire. That mm. you know, they do the, they drop these little seeds. You know, well, and it's the power of women. collaboration and networking, and then right? you know, meeting uh, people who have something in common outside of you know your your, your nine to five job. Yeah. Or, mm. yeah. And you know, you talked about how doing those lifestyle stories earlier on there was the misconception that oh yeah. you won't be taking it seriously. Yeah. What happened when you became you know host of an entertainment show? Well, how, I tease how was that, that man perceived? now, yeah. that man, and I joke about it all the time. His name's Alan Carter, and he hosts Global News here. <laughs> he and I joke about it. Now he's we like, know who it is. He's like, well, you should never take my advice, because clearly things didn't work out for you. But, you know, I mean, not that I begrudge him his thought, because back then, news anchors had more credibility. Right. And I think it took some time for me to show that you can be a woman and be talking about entertainment yes. and still have value and mm-hmm. still bring something to the table. Mm. Doesn't mean, just because I have blonde hair, blue eyes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I talk about entertainment, doesn't mean I can't speak about things of substance. Right. It's just what I choose. Exactly. This makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm okay with that. Like, listen, the blonde hair, blue eyed thing has been more of a problem than it's been, it's been any help, mm. especially in the business world too, onto the side, you know? Um, yeah, it, it's actually been, it's been tougher that way. And when you say business world, are you... Be taken seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of business, you started, I know of at least one uh, entrepreneurial venture that mm-hmm. you have going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, when did that happen? When did the idea come to you? So five years ago, I was breastfeeding my son. And I remember thinking, gosh, your head's so heavy. And I would wrap my <laughs> arms in blankets. and like, this is ridiculous. So one night when I couldn't sleep, I penned out this thing that I, I wanted to make and it was an arm muff with a blanket that would help me hold my baby better Mm. so I created it went to a seamstress asked her to make it for me and I used it with him for five years Mm. and then I decided you know what now that I'm kind of getting up out of the mommy brain I'm going to try and make this into a business and then I got pregnant with Nyla oh "Oh, wow smack you back down again in a good way and then I thought you know what I'm going to give this a go so it would be two years ago now I uh, found a manufacturer here in Canada fronted it myself, Mm -hmm. took some money out of my line of credit, got my first run made, uh, knocked on a few doors like Snugglebugs in Mm -hmm, Canada, mm -hmm. the distributor of children's goods, or a store, the the largest online store of kids' goods, uh, and they agreed to sell it. So I sold it for a year and we sold out. And then I realized, wow, I I can't keep going into my line of credit to try and make the next run because it's so expensive. So I... mm, Again, through the, the, the um, contact that Jessica gave me, mm-hmm. I asked her, um, Robin Kovitz, who is another woman that I look up to, um, she owns Baskets here in Canada. Oh, yeah. And I asked her, who should I go to look for a partner? Because I need, I need a partner. I can't do this on my own anymore. Right. She said, well, here's some names. And so I cold called all of them and mm-hmm. said, can I get a meeting? So I met with all these people. 
And one of the people that I met with was Kid Central. Mm -hmm. Kid Central is the largest distributor of children's products in Canada. Perfect. So they distribute Advent, um, Baby Einstein, uh, Lulu Joe, mm. all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I had a meeting with her. I showed her I'm here for you. Said I'm looking for a partner. Da da da. da. She said, Yeah, I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I could actually passed. <laughs> and I could see on her face she was like, Listen, Blondie, uh, I know that you're just. I think she saw me as a person who was just person on TV wanted to slap their name on something right. didn't want to do the work whatever. didn't take it seriously so she gave me a couple of bits of advice on how I should change my packaging and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. so we went away went away I changed exactly what she had said because mm -hmm. I also agreed with it asked for another meeting got another meeting with her and I showed her the changes I'd made and, yeah. she was, and now I could tell I had her attention she's oh, like okay you're so listening so then I think we had like three or four or five meetings and she said well what do you want I said, I want a business partner. I can't do this on my own. Right. I want to create children's goods, and I want to create goods for the entire family. Mm. That's what I want to do. This went on and on and on and on. It took me like a year. And uh, two months ago, we signed the papers, and we are now a full-blown team. We're repackaging and rebranding everything. That's amazing. Um, so there are five business partners. Okay. Um, myself, my sister, mm -hmm. because my sister... So the brand is all about family. Mm -hmm. So we're taking care of children, pets. And seniors. Okay. Because seniors are often forgotten, right. especially in our country. So you're extending to other types of goods as yeah. well. My sister is, uh, she works in senior care and long-term care. Oh, perfect. So she knows dementia and yeah. Alzheimer's and just basic senior living in care. Mm. Um, Tammy and Vedant and Bo, who are the other business partners, are uh, very much into distribution and know the market. They just know everything there is they need to know. I know how to talk and sell things and, mm -hmm. and also reach out to people um, um, from a marketing perspective. Yeah. Um, and I can do the web series and the, all the things we need right. to do. And I've got a ton of inventions that I want to get popping. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So all of us together, we bring something very special to the table. Mm. So, so we are rebranding, repackaging, and coming out with something for the entire family. I mean... There are more people over the age of 65 than there are under 17. Exactly. That's it. And people, th and, and, and there are so many people over the age of 65 who are fit, who want to dress well, exactly. who want experiences. Absolutely. They want to travel, but yep. it's, nobody's paying attention to them. No, and nobody shows them, you know, their, their picture. Right. You, when you see advertising, it's geared towards younger consumers. Right. So we're going to speak to them, and we're really excited I about it. I think that's so smart. Yeah, so we're doing it with seniors, kids, and pets. I love so, that. Yeah, no matter what your family looks like, we've got you. So that's the idea. So basically, you've always, even when people threw challenges or put obstacles in your course, you always just kind of powered through and made it happen anyway. And at that yeah. does that come from a sense of inner self-confidence? Where, where do you find the strength? Fear of failure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want to fail. Okay. Truthfully. Mm -hmm. My mom always said that I never accepted the answer no as a kid <laughs> and you it know? seems to still be true today. it's true it yeah. is I, I always feel like no is like well no okay no no but let's try this that's an way. invitation to try something else right that there's got to be a way mm. there's always a way um and i think fear of failure i don't want to fail mm. i i it's that so that's what fear's not you. healthy and i know that so i need mm. to turn that a little bit but i'm also just i'm just happy to be here mm -hmm. I, I feel like too i have this great platform, and I think I could do some really great things with it. Yeah. And so the time is now to do it. Absolutely. And everything that I 
am and everything that I do has always come back to my family, mm. my brother, my sister, my mom, and my dad. So mm-hmm. for me to do a brand that's all about family, that yeah. makes sense. That's a strong foundation in your life. That's what it is. Mm. That's what it always has been. So. And for young women looking up you know, to seeing Cheryl Hickey on TV now, Cheryl the Entrepreneur, what's your advice to these women trying to make it probably in the entertainment business? Yeah. Um, mm, there's a bunch. Like, I mean, everything from when someone tells you uh, you're not good enough, because I had a lot of you're not good enough, mm-hmm. and you're not ready, and you don't know what you're doing. Right. And, oh, yeah, the tons of it. Um, say thank you very much. Look deep inside you and figure out how you're going to get it done. Right. Because no one is going to give you anything. I came from Owen Sound, um, you know, a very small, well, shallow lake really is where I was born, and it was a population of like 500. Everything that I had to do, I did for myself. Right. And I had to learn for myself. Right. I didn't know anyone in the business. Mm. There was no one offering me any help. Mm-hmm. It was bit by bit by bit. And I think you made this your own path. next generation the path is so important the yes. end game is the end game is the end game yes enjoy the steps yes me being me being a, a writer rolling teleprompter mm-hmm. being a producer understanding that craft that 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 i've gained so much from each step mm-hmm. in each failure mm-hmm. and each you can't do it yeah all of those things have led to today yeah so take those moments and use them don't right. just wish they never happened no you yeah. know because you learn through oh, that Oh, gosh, yeah, mm. for sure. And speaking of that, if you, if you could go back and change one thing in your life, what would it be? Or do something different? Hmm. And you're allowed to say nothing. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think that there is anything. Maybe I would have got f- up faster from that chair when that was man was yelling at me and telling me mm. you, he made me. <laughs> I wish I had the... The experience to stand up and say no you didn't make me yeah and I'm done yeah I wish I had have gotten up and stood up for myself right I think that mm. there are times in my career um, where I haven't stood up for myself mm. and I would say only in my 40s have I started to say you can't speak to me that way mm. and that's not okay and mm. um, teach people how to treat you and I wish I learned that faster right yeah well today today you wouldn't let that happen no well, you know. um, there's times where it's still a challenge. It's still a challenge, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of that indie era of Me Too yeah. and, you know, movements like that, uh, does that come with, you know, added pressure? Or how, how do you see that affecting uh, your life as an entertainment, uh, you know, TV host? And, and I'm not saying that's necessarily something that you've witnessed or yeah. have, you know, gone, yeah. have, have lived through here in Canada. Uh, but I think there is kind of that stigma in the industry now yeah I think that it's an important conversation I'm glad that the doors have blown open Mm -hmm. I think for our daughters and for young women coming up I think this is a great stage to set I think it's important I think things need to change I mean they say it's going to take another three years for pay equity to come together in Canada yeah exactly really three years yeah come on so I think the conversation is great Mm -hmm. I think that um I think that we also need to understand that men are an important part of the equation. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to make men the enemy. Because there are a lot of really great men out there who are supportive and who want to see you rise and see you do well. Mm -hmm. Um, Sadly, those ones that 
are, for lack of a better word, bad, mm-hmm. have been getting way more press than the good guys. Yes, that's so, so true. So I, I, I just, I hope that we are careful with that, mm. you know? Yeah. Because I think that together we can do way more good than separated. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And so many men are doing great things and being supportive Absolutely. of women and of humankind in general. Absolutely. This, this path that we're on or have been on for many, many years are because of bad choices men made many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. Women making less, mm. women not as CEOs, mm. all of those things. Mm. That doesn't mean this generation of men see it the same. So, so true. let's focus on those guys. Mm. Let's put women in the positions that we need to put them in. Mm. No woman wants a job just because we're a woman. Mm. We don't actually want that. And I think that's another misconception. Like, I heard something the other day where a production company or something said that X amount of women had to be on the roster. And I thought, okay. But here's the thing. What about the qualified people? What we need to start doing is pushing or encouraging more women to go into the education so that they can get Mm. the same experience as the men, and then you can compete. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think just having a woman on the roster, just because she's a woman, actually doesn't do us any service. Yeah, no, and you're right. No woman wants that job just because she's a woman. No woman wants a job just because we're a woman. But I think it's important to impose a certain standard. Otherwise, we'll keep falling back. It's unfortunate that we had to get to the point where a standard must be imposed. Because yeah. it just wasn't happen natu- happening naturally. Yeah, you no, know, and you're not a parody wrong. on a ministry in a you know in a, in a cabinet ministry or a parody on a no, board you're right. of a company. You're right. I just worry. I I, I just want to make sure that there's the education underneath yes. that supports that. Yes, agreed. Because women, um, you're right. There there does need to be. I guess I just wish humanity was like. Of course, we'd have more women and mm. more. Of course, we want it to be even. Yeah. But I guess the standards have to be there to, to achieve that. Mm. I don't know. I, I yeah, that, that one's frustrates a, me a little bit. Yeah, that you know? one's a it's a it's a tricky one. Yeah. Um, and because we're we're almost up with time, um, can you name a book or a movie that changed or deeply influenced your life? So the book that's rocking my world right now is The Healing Self by Deepak Chopra, um, and it's sort of with everything that's going on in the world and how loud everything is. Mm. I think. Um, I wish I had have started this earlier, mm. but learning how to calm the mind, yes. meditate, and how stress can, in fact, uh, encourage illness and all sorts of other things. So keeping a calm center is mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. So this book is changing my life right now, for sure. As everything is busy and I'm pitching shows mm. and I've got my business and then ET Canada and things like that, um, this book is, is definitely is definitely a big deal. One that changed my life in my 20s was The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Okay. That yeah. one was a big one for me. That mm-hmm. changed the way I saw things. Um, movies. I don't know. I don't know if there's any movies. Oh, uh, The Book Club recently with... Um, oh, I watched that. <laughs> it was so good, wasn't it? It was. I watched it on a plane and yes. kept, kept crying the whole time. I know, time. Yeah. but Hollywood needs to make more movies about yes. women in their age past 40 living I life. T- I totally agree, and you're. I think you're onto something. I think that's a great direction for the business, too, because we saw this as I was working in the luxury industry before, where our best clients are, a, are, were not men coming in buying for women. They were women, older women yeah, buying for themselves. Because right. past and there's the rise of that mature single woman right. who lives by herself. Maybe she had kids or the kids have moved mm-hmm. out. She's spending for herself and she's living her own life. And now 60s, 70s, the new 40s. So yep. she's traveling. She's hanging 
hanging out with friends. She wants to look fabulous. She looks fabulous. She's still fit. Yeah. It, you know, these are the women we want to we want as consumers today Absolutely. for any type of product or service. Absolutely. So that movie to me recently, I was just it was just like a big aha. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. don't treat our seniors like babies. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They're still adults and deserve that respect. So mm. that movie, I would ch- uh, that movie changed me for sure. So Cheryl in five years from yeah. now, who will she be? What will make her happy? Oh gosh, what will make me happy? Uh, that my family is healthy. We're mm-hmm. going through some mm-hmm. health stuff with my parents right now, so I, that I'm is the crux of everything mm. for your family. Because if you have that, yes, the rest is gravy. Mm. You know, so I that my kids and my husband, uh, everybody's healthy and happy. Um, and then beyond that stuff, I would say, um, like, I don't know if I want to put it out in the universe, but it feels weird, but I'm going to put it out in the universe with you because I know you and that's okay. Um, I really want a talk show. I don't know if that's I me by myself. That. I don't know if that's me with a bunch of people. I absolutely see I really that happening. That. You would be fantastic. Would, well, you're very kind. And but I would I really watch want it. that. Well, thank you. <laughs> but I want that. I, I do. I, uh, it, continuing to do mm. BC Canada because that's mm-hmm. my heart and I yeah. love it. But I do. I want to talk with people. Mm. I love just. I, I love learning about that today, and I and I see what you mean because I think that's really your gift, and that's why you excel at what you do. You're so sweet. But yeah, I mean, and that's I've actually never said that out loud to people. So that's there you go. So yeah, I would really love to have a, a talk show either by myself or actually I'm a better in a pair. Mm. I'd love to have, be with mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. and do that. So yeah. Thank you to Cheryl for such a great interview. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to listen to them and give the show a rating. It really makes a big difference. I'll be back next week with a new guest on the show. Thank you for listening.